Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Welcome to Sewing Out Loud, the official podcast of ZD Sewing Studio. Here are your hosts, ZD and Mallory. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Mallory Donahue. And this is ZD Donahue. And today we have a, we have so many thoughts that we're not quite sure everything we're going to cover. Oh, what road we make take you <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, who, who knows? knows? So uh, you're going to find out just as we do uh, as we talk about used machines. That was the that was the topic written down in the Trello. Yeah. Used machines, okay? So we don't know what exactly like sparked us to write that down that day, but I'm sure it's one of many things we come up with. Now, upon. we were sewing machine dealers yep. for you owned the dealership. Now. You owned the dealership for 11. You worked right. at a dealership for like 23, 20 yeah. all together. 10 years before, 10 years, 10 years not owning it and 11 years owning it, I guess. And then I was like running the dealership um, Mallory grew up in a dealership. I, I, I would go pick her up yep. from from grade school at like you know whatever it was three o'clock in the afternoon. Bring her back to the shop, and we'd look over, and she'd be like asleep under a table someplace. That's right. So then I I you know you bought the shop when I was in high school, I and think then you were like fifteen. You and then I was driving, running it for a while. Right. Uh, there before we... You had it for almost five years. Five, five yeah. six years, something like that. Um, until recently, until we closed the brick-and-mortar store um, in March of 2017. So I'm saying this because we have an interesting perspective on this. Yeah. Having sold used machines. Having been a dealer. Having been a consumer. Having been a dealer, consumer, having sold used machines, having serviced used machines right. that like weren't purchased from us. That's true. And talking to a lot of consumers right. who would come through our and, door. And we, some sewing uh, shops don't allow you to be part of their shop unless you have bought, purchased a machine from them and or their type of machine that they were selling, right. their manufacturer. And we were open to everybody. We let everybody be our customer. Yeah, so we, we allowed everybody to come to like the right. you know the club we had and everything. So uh, classes you could you know you could bring any kind of sewing machine that and you could people, drag in there. People might buy a machine from us but then also buy machines elsewhere or buy right. used machines or whatever. So we got to interact with a lot of consumers who had experience in this. Right. And used machines can mean a lot of things. You know, we had a very loyal customer one time. She bought the Baby Lock Evolution. And like two months later, the ovation came out. That's right. (laughs) And she was like, I want the ovation. And so her... 
Which like, is exactly what I said when I saw the evolution. Yeah, her, like, three- or four-month-old evolution was technically used machine right. that we got to sell. You know? So there's there's that type of used machine, right? right? That's, right. that's you know, you can... You can stumble upon some pretty happy uh, circumstances oh, sometimes. You can, you can come upon a machine that, you know, is in mint condition yeah. and that it's almost, you know, might have the original box and all the goodies all with jazz. it. Right. You know, and so that's that's one example of a used machine. And this is, I think, what we're talking about, at least in this segment of the podcast, are the risks associated with buying a used machine. Can I tell a funny story? Yeah. Okay. As long as so. It has to do with sewing machines. The, okay, okay, whatever. Go ahead. So we had a customer who wanted to buy a new sewing machine, and she wanted to train in her old sewing machine. And we said, well, absolutely, you can do that. And at the time, I did not own the shop at the time. I was just, what? Just a worker bee. Yeah, head seller, I think <laughs> yeah. is what you would call me. And so anyway, um, when we took in a machine, we would totally, you know, check it out, service it. Go through the owner's manual, make sure it looked good, make sure all the parts were there, replace any accessories that weren't there. So, you know, we were selling a full package back to the next customer, right? Yeah, I guess not all stores do that. Yeah, we found that out. <laughs> um, but but the other thing policy we had is we would not tell anyone who the previous owner was mm -hmm. unless that owner said they want, you know, it was okay or something like this. Okay, so... We did not. We did not tell them because, first of all, we didn't want one customer calling the other yeah. customer. Yeah. You know, we had taken in on trade, and it was our responsibility to service this customer. Right. We get this livid call from this woman about how we told this person she has her old machine, and this person called her house. And her husband did not know that that was a new machine she had. He thought she still had the old machine. She, like, did this, like, quick switch and didn't tell uh -huh. him. And how she was in so much trouble from her husband because we told this woman that, you know, uh, it was her. Well, we didn't. Right. And apparently, she had um, put her name, I, I believe it was, like, in the owner's manual, like in some inconspicuous place. Yeah, because so, we would look through So that. get this. So that if anyone ever stole it from her, <laughs> she would know it was her. I'm like, this woman's got a problem, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, she's worried about somebody stealing her owner's manual. Yeah. And, and she lies to her husband, like, who's screwed up here? But anyway. You know, the, the episode on uh, marital dishonesty and sewing machine purchasing <laughs> might be forthcoming. That's no. right. <laughs> no, I, I mean, the... You know, it I mean, we didn't tell. Yeah, right. And we right. wouldn't have. But also, it wasn't really my problem that she lied to her husband. <laughs> that's that's I've got a story like that too. Anyway, um but Oh yeah, we do have a story about that. I forgot about it's that. It's not about a used machine though. Yeah. So anyway, um we when you buy a used machine, what you're looking at generally is not the same type of warranty. As you would get on a new machine. Absolutely. That's important. Now, it's not true all the time. When we were a baby lock dealer, certain if, if the machine was traded in through us and sold again through right. us, parts of, you know, the warranty right. would be or transferred. Or if you had a gold standard, it could be, yeah. which was, is They're like. Like extended warranty. An extended warranty. So if you had that, that was transferable 
to a new customer. And so transfer... Or part of it or something. Yeah, transferring... I, the, actually, I think the gold standard, as long as it's sold again through a dealership, is fully right, transferable. Right. Check with check with your dealer on that, though. Um, and I'm sure it can change. And that was the thing about about that customer's evolution. It had, like, all the gold well, right. standard left Even, on it. You know? Well, I mean, what a, that's, that's the machine you want. The yeah, one right. that, okay, so all the kinks are out of it because well, she used it for okay, a while or whatever. But, but here's the deal. If someone is selling you a machine, if you're going to buy a used machine from an individual. Right, that's different. And they tell you that the warranty transfers, that might not be true. That, right. That The In, warranty has to be transferred through a dealer. Unless you get some kind of reassurance from a dealer yes. or from the brand or something because like that. Because it has that. to be registered to your name in their system. And when yes, because when we would order parts and we we were a baby lock dealer, uh, we also sold some other brands of machines. When we would order parts, I'd give the serial number and they'd say, Who's the owner? Right. They wanted to know the name. Well, and I will know? tell you the reason there's a serial number on your machine is people steal. Yep. And fence sewing machines, That's believe right. it or not. That's right. So, I mean, we would get a list sometimes of serial numbers from the companies that we were dealing with. We'd say, if this shows up in this model and the serial number mm -hmm. is this, it's a stolen machine, you need to contact yeah, us. Yeah, somebody tries to trade something in right. or sell something to uh, you well, or, yeah. or whatever. A lot of know. people, that's another thing, guys. <laughs> Don't call me up and tell me that. You have the best sewing machine in the whole entire world. I'm a dealer, right? And you call me up and you tell me you have the best sewing machine in the whole world and you want to sell it to me. Right. Because I've got manufacturers <laughs> selling me brand new ones with warranties. So don't tell me you got a deal for me. Or I, <laughs> I shouldn't. Talk Try about and do that with your car dealer. I shouldn't know? talk about this, but people would talk about how amazing their machine right. Right, was. And then they'd be like. You know, I paid $20 for it at a garage sale right. or something. Well, then clearly they're not happy with it. Anyway, whatever. Okay, that's not, <laughs> you know, the dealer. The dealer um, The dealer is not in the business of buying your old sewing machine. Right. But and the I'll, dealer complains, you know, we get to leave those behind. But, but now, what, right? I'm, what I'm going to say is <laughs> the dealer sometimes will take your sewing machine in on trade, and they know they're going to have to give it away or put it in the dumpster, and they'll give you money for it just to sell you a new machine. And that happens, too. And I'm not saying they're going to give you a lot of money, but they'll at least give you something. You know, they might give you 100 bucks, 200 bucks. Hey, you never know. know. And, you know, that's the thing is when you – this isn't about trading in machines. Right. Get back on topic, Mom. Um, so <laughs> Yeah, but people think I'm going to buy their used machine, and I'm not. Not anymore. Leave yes. it. Leave it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> leave it. Leave it behind. So they um, – if you're buying a used machine, though, going through a dealer is your best bet. They should offer some Absolutely. type of guarantee. And Baby Lock even offers, they offer some kind of year-long guarantee on any machine. They it, you can you can enter into some kind of agreement with them depending on the dealer. Right. And it's of, of any age. You and know? that is one thing you can ask your dealer. Yeah. Um, when you buy a machine new is what if I want to trade in in six months? What if I want to trade now? I think it's a good policy that, that dealers do that, but I would also suggest you buy the machine you want right up front okay. and save time. But let's talk about used okay. machines, not trading in. <laughs> when you buy a used machine, we mentioned that Evolution Serger. Right. That's a mechanical machine. Right. 
you know, that machine has no computer parts. It has on no it. boards that can go bad, no electronic That's right. boards. That's right. And so if you are going to buy a used machine, you know, your least risky move oftentimes is a mechanical one. Right. Now, but what if we want a machine that's got a computer board and we want embroidery and we want, you know, all those things right. that take a computer board? You know, you can buy from an individual, but... That's it. You're hanging out. That's it. And, and we know people, we know, we've dealt with people, we've dealt with their machines who have bought machines, you know, off the internet. Right. And some of them were great. Yes. And others, basically, it was just a miserable experience. They got machines that could not even be fixed. Right, Like, right. no matter what was done, you know, they'd already put... And we would say, you need to stop putting money into this machine. There's right. so much. And you don't know, you know, that machine could have been in a flood. It could have been struck by lightning. Honestly, you don't know. Honestly, yeah. th those yeah. things happen. Absolutely. Um, so... It, it's just buyer beware. Yeah. It is truly buyer beware. So if you get a used sewing machine, if you're looking for one, just don't. I think one of the big things is people will say, I have this type of machine. Like, they'll say, I, right. I love my baby lock and lighten. And so then someone will go looking for a used and lighten. Right. But not all used machines are necessarily created equal, nope. depending on who's selling it. <laughs> That's how right. old it is. Because, you know, the Imagine. It's also not how much it's been sewn on. That's right. No. Nope. Because it could mm -mm. be hard mileage or it could be mileage that's been served. It's just like a car. It could be a high mileage car, but they changed the oil in it. They got it serviced. They, they checked out all the systems and they made sure they changed the fluid. And it's the same way with a machine. You can wind up with a sewing machine that... You know, the hook system has been like chewed up in. Yep. You know, <laughs> it only takes one or two times to yeah, do that. It really do, does. Right? It only takes one wild needle, you know, yeah. a piece of needle going around. And here's the thing then you take it to the dealer and you try and get it fixed, and they're going blind. You know, they're starting out blind. And so they go to your hook system and they replace maybe part of it or just your bobbin case, and then that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. and, and we're talking. Hundreds and then hundreds and then hundreds. So did you save anything? Right. Well, you know. Yeah, that can happen. Now, there are lots of, um, if you're buying from, like, someone who's local and they can, like, go get that machine serviced or right. something like that, you know. Or that, you can. Or you can get the machine looked you can, at. See, you can sew on it. Mm -hmm. Or you can you sew can, on it. Yeah. You can say, I, I would like to look at your machine. Can I come to your house? You know, or can we meet at the library or whatever, however you're going to do this? And um, you sew on that machine, and you at least know the machine sews. If you're buying it off the Internet, buyer beware. Yeah, and... And I know there's some good deals out there, and I know they've worked out for some people, but I've also seen some horrible nightmares. And this, uh, when you buy a used machine from a dealer... We would always give the classes. Right. We'd give the classes. Right, right, right. So we not only, on them. You know, we're talking about, oh, my gosh, your right. board could go out or this or that. You know, we would give the instruction right. on a used machine right. just like a new one. So that's the thing about – it's just, you know, it's the risk you're taking yeah. by – it's, oh, it's, it's like used, anything it's else. It's like anything that's used. Anything used. You know, I mean, so just know that. I, mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is there's nothing wrong with buying a used machine – if you take the right precautions and you have the right attitude. Right. And, you know, I guess it's not, like, just like buying any used thing. Because I think, I think it's really like a car. Yeah. You know, I, I think about other used things you could buy, like 
a musical instrument. Well, I don't. Yeah. Isn't quite as big of a risk. Right, because you blow air into it and it has valves and it works. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you treat it it like a car. I I think another thing is, is people develop, like, personal attachments to their cars, to their sewing machines, and to their musical instruments. Yeah, yeah. I do not have a personal relationship with my refrigerator. <laughs> so if it goes out, I'm mad, but I yeah, just get a new one. Right. In fact, I'll probably get a better one. Right. But I think what happens is you've bought this, and what you think you've bought is fun. Right. And happiness and, and a working thing, and then it doesn't. So it's a big disappointment. Well, and I think before we go to a message break, um, we can uh, – you know, you talk about buying fun and, right. you know, developing those personal relationships. Before we go to a message break, and then we're going to switch to a little bit of a different uh, aspect of this. Just when you're buying something from someone I who is an individual, be aware of those contradictory statements they make. Yes. You know, it's so good. Okay, well, then why are you selling it? That's right. You know, or this, like, kind of. If, like the things you they, kept mentioning, if they us say, as a dealer It was hear. my mother's and she hardly ever used it. That's not such a great statement. Or, what? because how even, do you know that? You right. Know? <laughs> First of all, maybe she didn't use it because it wasn't working right. Right. Maybe she didn't use it because she didn't like it. And because she didn't use it, the tires are flat on it, Well, so and speak. that's, they're, they're square, right? The right. tire's square. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's what you would always say. So don't, you know, the thing, this is a lovely machine. I never used it. Yeah. How can that you know? And that, that doesn't, doesn't add up. A machine that sits dormant can have more problems than a machine that is that is used often. Well, how would they know how good it was if they never used it, too, right? Right. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. These are the things we've come up against. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay, we'll pause for a message break. This episode is brought to you by the Mini Vacuum Attachment Kit. Mom, you know how great I am at cleaning. I was just going to say... <laughs> You're going to talk about a vacuum. <laughs> Mallory starts out this ad break of all ad breaks. Yeah. So tell us how to use the mini vacuum attachment kit. Tell us a little bit about well, it. It truly is an attachment kit. Okay. It's not a mini vacuum. That's uh-huh. what I want to make really, really clear. Because a mini vacuum just doesn't have the right kind of suck. You know, it just doesn't have the power. You need big suck, right. small Sm- implement. There you go. <laughs> And it's right. and it really sucks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so if you want an attachment that really sucks, this is the one. Exactly. Um, and now a lot of times we have vacuums all over, but a lot of times you you can put it on your shop back, you can put it on any vacuum cleaner. And when you get it, it will have like a couple of different attachments that will help it Adapters. to adapt to yeah. right, to to adapt to your So when you get this and there's two things you don't use, that's right. That's okay. Yeah, that's so okay. So you pop this thing on either your shop vac or your home vacuum system. Right. And then it comes with some small attachments because we want to suck the lint out of our machines, right. out of our sergers, out of our keyboards, yes. out of our whatever uh, little tight spaces. My favorite way to clean a serger is to get a big brush, like uh-huh. um, maybe like a, an artist brush or even a makeup brush, and start sweeping out and sucking it out at the same time. Yes, with your little vacuum right. attachment kit. And, there's and that's even... how we do it. That's how we always did it, at, um, you know, professionally at the you shop, know, basically. funny story. When we had a shop, our tech said something like, hey, can can I get one of those back here? And I was like, yes. And so we, we 
didn't have one for a while. And he even, was just using the big nose yeah, on the, the shop nose, back. Yeah, big nose right. on the shop back, and he was using a brush, like right. you're talking about. But even for a tech who's got the machine completely naked, he still wanted that. Well, and you can get down into the little kit. crevices and everything. It, it truly is like the most amazing thing. Don't buy a mini vacuum. You have to buy the mini vacuum attachments. And it's available at SoHere.com slash shop. And there's a link to the product in today's show notes. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. Okay, this is what we really want to. You know, I just thought about about this. I was going to ask Mallory if she's ever bought a used machine. And now that I think about it, I don't think Mallory's ever bought a machine. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I mean, as we just have them. As the business, I have written the checks (laughs) to buy. The machines. Yeah, to but resell. writing the checks doesn't no. mean it's your money. That's right. That's right. One time I was at Tacony for a training and got a call from the bank, and they're like, "Um, there is this check here for a million dollars or whatever." Yeah. You know, they're like, "Is this is this right?" And I was like, "Yep, I'm here right now, ordering more stuff." You know. <laughs> so in that sense, so no. Mallory's telling you how to buy a machine, and she's never bought a machine. Well, and for that's herself. why I brought up the being a dealer, you know, <laughs> right. type thing. I get, and we're coming at it from that. I think this is the perspective that's missing yeah. a lot of the times that that you've been a consumer and a dealer, or and, right. or just the dealer perspective. Because honestly, if you talk to one person who has bought like one or two used machines, right. Are you getting, like, the full picture of the situation? Whereas we have talked to how many people who've bought used machines because we serviced machines. Well, and we've talked to other dealers who've dealt with, you know, other situations. Absolutely. I mean, one of the big things about being a dealer is getting to go to convention and sharing your experiences with the other dealer. It's probably one of the most valuable things you do. Okay, but the other thing, any dealer, no matter what the convention they go to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or any anybody, I don't know. This this is something that bugs me, and we'll clarify this. So if you're if you're sitting in a in a basement full of lovely vintage machines that you like to kiss and stuff, keep listening, okay? But this is what gets me. Is what gets my goat. I've seen blog posts about this and stuff on reputable sites. Just because it's old, just because the machine is old, old. doesn't mean it's better. Than it, every other machine in existence. No. Okay? No. Absolutely not. I have seen the advice given on a blog post that says how to buy a sewing machine that says go to a garage sale. You'll find an older machine and it will work great. 
Not true. How can they know what garage sale you're going they, to? Well, how <laughs> can they know what machine you're getting? And do they know anything about motor brushes? Do they know? I mean, what do they know? They don't know where that machine's been. No. And it might be fine. There are, of well, course. They're blog, maybe, and they could be blogging from an, one or two experiences of getting a machine that works. But just say, like, I've just seen this. This generalization makes me sick to my stomach. Well, and you can buy a $20 garage sale machine, and I guarantee you it'll take at least $100 to get a basic service. Yeah. So, and then we got to see if it works. Well, and, you know, right. some of these people are saying, and there are people, okay, so if, if you're like, I love my vintage machines, I'm about to unsubscribe from their podcast. <laughs> if you're somebody who collects vintage and older machines and you like to work on them right. and it's pleasurable for you and, or that just really floats your boat, like, go for it. You know, absolutely. Well, I just get, I, I do not, the broad generalization that, hey, you beginning sewer, looking for a machine to sew on you should go to a garage sale like no well i don't think a so. beginning sewer should go <laughs> to a dealer and get advice that's what a beginning sewer should do and i know it's not always an option for everybody right i am fully aware of that right i know that well or if you have grandma's machine and yeah. it's there See if it, see if it's gonna work Go for, for it. You. Go for it. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, we've just seen the we would get the these machines in, and they would sometimes they'd be bought from garage sales, right? Or sometimes they would be someone's machine that they had for right. thirty years, and some gear would be broken on right. it, something, and it could cost a hundred fifty dollars to right. fix. Now, what do those machines have in common? They're both really old now so the one was bought at a garage sale and then the one was probably gonna like end up in a garage sale okay (laughs) right right. am i right that's right also if someone says to you go get one of those old ones they have all metal parts b it's not true it's not true if it's metal on the outside it doesn't mean it's metal on the inside it doesn't and and the machines made nowadays that are plastic on the outside all of them have metal frames on the inside. Right. And they have metal parts, but they are composite. Or I'm, I'm sorry. They have non-metal parts, but they are of a composite material that's actually better than that 30-year-old gear that was plastic. Or nylon or, or whatever. Nylon, and those right. can rot. And I'm not saying they can't be they replaced. They rot. They can scar. But don't, right. like, come. Okay, so I told you not to complain about being a dealer. All right, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Don't come in and say, this is the best machine. It's made of all metal parts. Right. No, it's not. And not unless you've looked. I, no, I mean, you know why? All the plastic and nylon parts are all gone. They're all disintegrated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And do you think your belt is made of metal? You know, I, I, I mean, obviously, belts aren't a huge deal to replace, you know, generally. But I just, I, it doesn't automatically make it, quote, No, it doesn't better. make it better. In fact, the engineer is a baby lock, you know. Explain to me that the plastic casing on a machine has revolutionized, right, the mm-hmm. industry because they can make it any shape it needs to be yeah. and accommodate their engineering, you know, of this machine where the metal, you know, the metal casings. Restricted. They, they were totally restricted. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, also, the the plastic makes it lighter. Like, you don't want to be. Well. And if you really, I I, I guess my other thought is, if you really believe that machine that was made in 1939, okay, has better engineering, better product development behind it than a machine you can buy today, 
Stop I, using penicillin. I, I'm, no. I'm, yeah, I'm lost <laughs> on you. Because, I mean, now it doesn't mean there aren't crappy machines out there. Absolutely. No, and you might be sewing on a, when was penicillin, um, <sighs> discovered because you said 19 what year did you anyway 50s, if, it, 60s, if it was wrong 50s, i apologize 40s, the 40s i don't just know. to throw back to you pre want me to google no that's okay i just don't want to get emails yeah. like you idiot let's penicillin. let's let's do the, let's do the polio vaccine Whatever. 1954 there we go 1954 so we um we're not saying that you can't have an old machine and be so successful and so happy and you know i'll just call out julian in the group, yeah, because he is just always buying the vintage machines yep. and having a good time with them, and you know, playing around with them. And he's got a newer machine too, right. uh, and he's he's got these older ones. And then there was another lady, and she hasn't she hasn't commented about this in a while. But we somebody shared this blog post in the group to get me going, and it was on a very reputable big sewing site, and it basically said. How to buy a machine, go to a garage sale. You know, and I was like, this is so gross. Like, this is going to make people unhappy. You know, this is going to make people, oh, you know, just really bugging me. Anyway, so they posted that to get to me, and it worked. And this one lady <laughs> said, you know, I love to go to garage sales and hunt out machines, and I, I fix them up, and da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, absolutely, you know, go for it, do it. Did you find something? Fleming? recounted that the date of his discovery of penicillin was on the morning of Friday, 28th September, 1928. Oh, now, okay. I, I'm not sure that's when it was on the market. And then there's this picture, and it says penicillin cubes for gonorrhea on it. Woohoo! That's what, it, yeah. Okay, well, anyway, I think you said 1939, so I, penicillin was... Well, I don't know when it was... That's when he discovered it, sure. so I don't know when it got to the market, but I was thinking, like, Late 30s, early 40s. Well, so I don't know. yeah. So just to just to be clear here, I'm not saying that all vintage machines are evil and that you have to buy something brand spanking new to be happy. It's not what I'm saying. But don't think, oh, I'm finding a used machine; it is automatically superior. Or I'm finding something at a garage sale; it's automatically superior, right? Well, right. Yeah. I don't want the generalization. Well, There's sil silly statements. I'm. I probably just got a lot of steps logged on my activity tracker because I'm like You're shaking, shaking my fists. Well, you know? <laughs> well, if you think about it, it's a silly concept. It is, and I can't. Well, I think what makes it so frustrating for us is not only the slight, um, what do I want to say, memory we have. I was going to say slight PTSD we have. <laughs> <laughs> um, the memory we have of being dealers. Uh, it wasn't about taking sales away. It no. was about people coming in and being so frustrated about right. sewing. They and would having, be upset, yes. and you'd think, I've been trying to talk to you about this. Right. You know, I I mean, of course, you didn't say that to him. You didn't say, I told you so. Right, right. But you did, too. You had told and, them so. And now I can. I can just be That's like, right. hey, hey, guys. You know, okay, we have, we have a um, treadle machine downstairs. Uh -huh. It still works. Yeah. Okay? It has all the attachments. It's lovely and everything. I don't want to sew on that. I have my machine from 1963. Yep. My, um. Your necky. And it sews like a dream. It sews so slow. It drives me <laughs> out of my mind. Oh, man. Oh, Mom. my gosh. It drives me out of my mind. And that machine, I sewed on that machine for like 25 years, and that's all I sewed on. And I sewed, and I, and I finally said, I went to a dealer, and I said, is there something that sews faster? Now, this is a good answer. 
Well, probably almost everything we have we'll, in we'll here. We'll have so, right, we'll right, so faster. Right. And yeah. I asked for the fastest machine, and that's what I bought. I bought the fastest machine. Yeah, and so mom's perspective here I think is so good because she likes to get stuff done. done. She likes to get stuff done. Not only were you a machine dealer, and it's it was, you know, our livelihood at one point to sell machines. It was great to sell machines, but, like, you like to sew. Oh, you yeah. Know, we get the sewing right. done. And not always is a vintage machine the best that right you know right it, maybe it is at sometimes but anyway and i'm sorry everybody who says that you know their grandmother's machine says better than any machine that says nowadays i don't i'm sorry i don't believe it no i just don't believe it our memories okay i got a story here comes a story so friend of ours had to stay home with uh his sick kid right yeah and um you know, it was his turn. His wife had taken off the last time, so now he was taking off work, and he was staying home with Mason, and he puts on Facebook, oh, my God, I've watched this many episodes of, I can't remember, like, you know, the Transformer cartoon. Will I live through this? You know, I do love my child, even right. though I'm posting this. And I responded with, the memory will be better than the reality. <laughs> I guarantee it. One day, they'll be going off to college. You'll be like, oh, I wish they'd stay home sick. Yeah. I'm going to get a riot, right? And then at the time, you were like, can't watch another he was stupid, just, he curious was like going George. Out, right? He was going out of his mind, whatever cute show he was like on the you know fourth episode of or something. And I said, I said, I guarantee you, Travis, you know, the memory will be better. And he's like, thank you, thank you. I go, it will. Well, and, you know, you bring – this is something you've said multiple times that is so true – uh, you know, oh, my grandma's machine, great, all metal. No, it's not, whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, your grandma was sewing on woven cotton. That was it. You know? calico. Yeah, calico. Well, yeah. That stuff, was it. I'll you tell know? you what, she probably used the same needle for 100 years, yeah. and she took a little emery paper and sharpened yeah. it up, too. What are you sewing on? Yeah. You know, what are yeah. you trying to make? Like, right. what are you, what Some threads? of that fabric you're sewing on is, like, industrial strength. Yeah, what what right. threads are you wanting to use? So it's just not always the best. Now, I do. I do know people. People start to say, oh, I'm so ashamed I have so many machines. <laughs> Well, that's all right. So you're safe here. Um, so don't be don't be ashamed. But uh, some people say, oh, "I love to have this featherweight set up for this, and I like my I like my treadle every once in a while. It makes me feel good, you know." Yeah. Or what? Oh, you know, you know, a customer told me who treadles are popular with preppers. You ever watch? Uh, well, yeah, the oh, Doomsday no. oh, Preppers. No. Oh no! Yeah, in, in, yeah. In 1999. Uh huh. Oh, was it big? We had people asking us if we could convert their <laughs> machines if we had to. And I said, my thought was, if this happens, your sewing would be your last thought. <laughs> I would wonder where I was going to get my next pair of eyeglasses, you know. I always think yeah. about vision correction. Right, right. Um, if I'm, if, if people are like, what would you take to a desert island? Contacts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, people, no. If, if if some of the younger people don't know what you're talking about, mom's talking about the Y2K right. scare, okay? Um, and now we now people don't talk about Y2K, they talk about the zombie apocalypse, right. okay? okay well, so. people were talking about, oh, do you want to buy a portable washing machine? I'm like, I've got one. I live by a creek. <laughs> a portable washing machine. Hey, if it gets to that, I'm going to be beating on a rock and so is everybody yep, else. Yep, that's so. right. Yeah. It contacts, glasses. Yeah, yeah. what Only- would you take to a desert island? I would take, take contact lenses. Yes. Yes. And birth control. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to do that <laughs> you anymore. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but there, there would be some other things maybe that would be important. But anyway. Okay, so just if you're... Soap. 
<laughs> yes. So just buyer, not buyer beware, buyer be informed, buyer, yeah. buyer be rational yeah. with used machines. Yeah. And don't, the, the, um, the title I actually had, like, for a podcast on that, on the second half was the fetishization of vintage machines. <laughs> that's right. I just I, can barely I can't I can't if you love the vintage machines, that's not the problem. Everyone, I had a nineteen sixty-four and a half Mustang fastback as my first car. Okay. That is a classic, classic car. I drove that car around. Okay, I was a cheerleader and our colors were orange and black and my Mustang was poppy orange with black interior. Oh my gosh, I was so cool. Wonderful car. My father taught me how to tune it up. It ran clean. It was wonderful. It used a lot of gas. Okay, it had no air conditioning. I wouldn't be caught dead driving that down the highway right now. <laughs> you know, I would be afraid I was in a death trap. Right, right. No, no seatbelts. You know what? Nothing. I mean, so you know. your dad, your dad was a mechanic, and yeah. my husband's grandfather was also an auto mechanic, mm-hmm. and he, um, actually, both of our grandfathers now, um, are are dead, and but but they didn't die because they were mechanics. No, no, <laughs> but uh. You know, and and Derek's grandfather, he suffered from dementia, uh-huh. uh, and I didn't know him long uh, at all. You know, when uh, when Derek and I first met, but you know, one of the things I remember him saying, um, besides him calling me pretty one time, is somebody was talking about how awesome some old car was. Right. He goes, "You can't get parts for it anymore." That's right. <laughs> well, and he was like eighty something, and yeah. I was like, "If this." 80-year-old man can get real, okay, right. about the the usability of some kind. No, I, 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 like, my, I just looked at him, and I was like, oh, I just relate to that so much with the sewing machine thing. Like, you know, oh, great, no, it's my, so wonderful. My father you know? told me that we were the only people in the neighborhood that could drive a car to 100,000 miles because he knew how to, like, you know, Put it back together. Right, right. Cars didn't last 100,000 miles. Now they last for 200,000 miles. Absolutely, absolutely. What? Research and development, people. Yep, yep. yep. They're not, you know, you want to drive a Model T around? Okay. okay. Does everybody understand about those used machines and how Mallory and I feel? You do not have to feel the same way. But but we're letting you know how we feel. But if you're going to post that blog post <laughs> about how the best way to get your first machine is to go to a car sale, like, you're just going to hear a little explanation from That's me, right. okay? <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Hey, everybody. So long and so happy. Thanks for listening to Sewing Out Loud. For even more expert sewing advice, visit sewhere.com. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com.